friends, grace to you and peace from Abba God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Brenda Satram stepping in for Pastor Doug on the We'll Preach for Food podcast, coming to you from Faith Lutheran Church in sunny Shelton, Washington, once again on a beautiful November day. Way back in mid-August, I introduced our Emotionally Healthy Relationships series, imagining our spiritual lives as a marathon, a long, long race. Or, facetiously, our five-year mission to explore strange new feelings, seek new life in Christ's civilization, and boldly go where Jesus has gone before. Since then, we've leaned into our biblical roots and drawn insights and tools from modern psychology, deepening our discipleship and growing in loving relationship with God and each other. And it's been good. To varying degrees, we've practiced anchoring ourselves in the love of God by sitting quietly with God at least twice a day, beginning our mornings with God's voice in Scripture and looking back at night to notice God's touch. And we've worked the program, checking in with each other, staying connected through affirmations and puzzles, noticing and preferencing, hopes and dreams. We've stopped mind reading and clarified our expectations. We've expressed our wishes gently and patiently. We've explored our families of origin. Jesus may be in my heart, but how does grandpa or grandma still live in my bones? And we've looked beneath the surface of our lives to recognize the emotions in our bodies, minds, and hearts, letting them move through us instead of stuffing them down to come out sideways as illness or irritability. With growing awareness of what's going on in ourselves, our Emotionally Healthy Relationships group participants have begun to quiet ourselves to listen more deeply and fully to others. We're working on clarifying our values using a tool for self-examination and awareness called the Ladder of Integrity. And we are putting all these things together to become peacemakers who fight clean. We're learning to stand calmly with patient endurance in our own God-given places, and to move through conflict in Christ-like, calm, healthy ways with family, friends, and colleagues. Emotionally healthy spirituality lives the Jesus way of resting in God's love and following God's lead. It isn't easy, but it's life-giving and good. Now we come to the end of it. And we tie it to a gospel from Luke chapter 21. By way of introduction, every year I am more aware of how hard life can be, especially toward the end of life. When I was marathoning, I learned that at mile 20, the body runs out of available energy. Either you refuel or you crash. And no matter how prepared and well-fueled you are, I'm going to say those last miles hurt. In today's gospel, Jesus talks about the end of the race. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all include what's known as the little apocalypse. Jesus' words about wars, persecutions, the fall of Jerusalem, and its temple. The word apocalypse means revealing or unveiling. It's when the lid comes off and we see what's in in the container. I think we apply that apocalypse word to hard times and end times, at least in part because such crises reveal what people are made of. They unveil us and show what we are when our souls are laid bare. So we read this passage every autumn as the season turns and mortality presses in, 
and we consider how we will rest in God's love and follow God's lead in hard times. From Luke chapter 21. Some disciples were speaking of how the temple was adorned with precious stones and votive offerings. And Jesus said, you see all these things? The day will come when one stone won't be left on top of another. Everything will be torn down. They asked, when will this happen, Rabbi? And what will be the sign that it's about to happen? Jesus said, take care not to be misled. Many will come in my name saying, I am the one and the time is at hand. Don't follow them. And don't be perturbed when you hear of wars and insurrections. These things must happen first, but the end does not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and empire against empire. There will be great earthquakes, plagues, and famines in various places. And in the sky there will be frightening omens and great signs. But before any of this, they'll arrest you and persecute you bringing you before synagogues and sending you to prison, bringing you to trial before rulers and governors. And it will all be because of my name. This will be your opportunity to give your testimony. So make up your minds not to worry about your defense beforehand, for I'll give you the words and a wisdom that none of your adversaries can take exception to or contradict. You'll be betrayed even by your parents, brothers, sisters, relatives, and friends, and some of you will be put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, yet not one hair of your head will be harmed. By patient endurance, you'll save your lives. Jesus is clear. Hard times are always coming. Temples crumble, people suffer, war and persecution send soldiers to topple and bind. As Rome conquered Jerusalem, as armies still move in Palestine, Ukraine, Myanmar, Afghanistan, Ethiopia, Yemen, and more, brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers are divided from us, betray us even. Spiritual forces like fear, rage, greed, enmity, assault, and bind us with envy, bitterness, disillusion, and despair. And most surely, time and age topple these body temples of ours and every earthly government and institution, even including churches. I hear Christians complain that we're persecuted, losing our rightful influence and power in society. (laughs) But in this passage, Jesus does not expect to be powerful or influential. Everyone will hate you because of me, he said. They'll even put some of you to death. Don't be surprised. Don't be frightened. Make up your mind not to worry how you will defend yourselves. (coughs) Pardon me. I will give you words and wisdom that your adversaries will be unable to resist or contradict. Not one hair of your head will perish. Jesus does not promise that God will protect us or believe any believers from actual famine, epidemic, that's pestilence, or sword. He doesn't promise we'll win wars. He promises that as we abide in his love and follow his way, even though we die, yet shall we live. As we patiently endure, we will win our lives. 
This reminds me of when Jesus tells the disciples that he's taught and shown them everything. And now, as they hear and follow his way, they're his friends. Not just his students, but friends. As we follow Jesus' way, as we hear his words and follow his commands, we become friends. And friends get to be like friends. It makes me think of how Jesus walked through his last days, how he finished the race of his life. First, he shared dinner with friends that he loved. Then he went to a favorite garden to pray. He wept his sorrow and his fears to Abba God and then rose to take his stand to patiently endure his own end. As I worked on this message, I heard Learn from Jesus Christ to die. The old hymn, Go to Dark Gethsemane, in my mind. We learn from Jesus Christ to live and to die. Our crosses are bearable as we keep company with Jesus, our friend. And he promises that with him, we will win our lives too. So what does that look like? I met a woman in the hospital on one of my chaplain visits. She was sick, immobile, in pain, facing rough diagnoses. I can't die, she told me. My babies need me. And she told me about her kids, now grown, how she'd birthed some and adopted others and given her life for their well-being. I eventually suggested that maybe now wasn't her time to go, but that her death would surely come. I wondered if her work as a loving mother in this season might be to face her own death well. We prayed and ended the visit. It was a a wonderful time, actually. And I didn't see her again until a few months later. I went into the room and she said immediately, I changed my directive. She said it twice. And then she told me how she was considering her children as she planned her medical care And how grateful that she was, even though she was once again in pain, for all the people who were caring for her in the hospital. I was amazed, (laughs) frankly, and grateful that she seemed to be coming into a place of trusting the God who had led her to love her kids so fiercely, that now would care for her and her family even through her life's end. I think that's one version of patiently enduring and winning a life or salvation. Uh, The other translation says, stand firm and you will win your life. That woman, she's standing firm, I think. Have you seen others? I also want to say that conceiving of Jesus as my friend has been both hard and helpful for me. So some folks seem to get all easily kind of warm and fuzzy about Jesus, but I always thought he'd be mildly disappointed in me. (laughs) If only she'd live up to her potential is kind of how I thought his attitude would be. But as I'm working through my childhood baggage, (laughs) there's some more emotionally healthy stuff. And his friend after gracious friend offers me compassion, encouragement, and even delight in who I am. People seem to enjoy me. (laughs) I'm beginning to believe that Jesus and Abba God simply love me as I am and not as I think I should be. It's a lot easier to be myself 
and to offer what I can when I don't think it should always be better. My relationship with God, my friendship with God, is lightening up a bit these days. And I'm grateful. So, how's your human race? How is your walk with God, your five-year journey going? This is our last week in Emotionally Healthy, and the Course asks us to pause, to consider what we've learned about following Jesus, and to tweak the structure of our lives a little bit. So out of all these great emotionally healthy relationship ideas for receiving and sharing God's love, is there one you'd like to focus on for a while? In the show notes, I'll post the list of the practices. Um, And, you know, we have books on every one of these ideas. People have written so much. But out of all these great ideas, is there one thing you'd like to focus on for a while? If so, can you set up one really small, really doable step, something you might even enjoy and not have to force, that you'd like to take? This new twist on an old quote is great. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems, says James Clear in Atomic Habits. So, Keep it simple, happy, and natural, and build it in. What's one thing that you want to build in? I will say that the simplest practice is still the most powerful. To begin and end our days like Jesus and with Jesus, resting silently in the love of God, held by and filled with spirit, whether we feel it or not, day after day, good and bad, beginning to end. I'll invite you now to pause the podcast and take two minutes of silence if you can, just to close, hearing these words, letting them ring in your mind. God says, be still and know that I am God. Jesus says, do not be afraid, patiently endure and you will win life. Amen.